Now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. There's one game from last night that we would prefer not to recap, but being the true professionals that we are, we will uh, recap it as best we can. The beloved Blackhawks are down and out. They lose to the Phoenix Coyotes yesterday 4-0 after outshooting the Coyote 28-8 through the first two periods. Dominated. I think we can use that word. They dominated the first two periods, but still lose the game 4 to nothing. Cubs win, Sox win, though that helps. Heal the wounds a little bit. Big dog and a coach with you right up until 11 o'clock. We will talk sports and more, especially the more. David Olson, our producer, other side of the glass. A little bit of music, and then we will kick off from the 30-yard line. We had a five-yard penalty earlier. Welcome you indeed. Hope your day is off to a great start. Again, the coach of the Big Dog with you right up until 11 o'clock. If you want to join us on a more personal basis, and we highly encourage that. The Big Dog's uh, work study and work release program is over. It's safe. You can join him on a more personal basis. He's all good now. Fully cured. 888-463-6748. The phone number again, 888-463-6748. The NHL Stanley Cup playoffs will, of course, continue on. But here at Chicago, it will not include the beloved Blackhawk as they lose 4 to nothing, And again, dominant, absolutely dominant in the first couple of periods. And uh, they just could not get puck by Mike Smith, who was outstanding in the goal. Outstanding in the goal for the Phoenix Coyotes. And then uh, third period, and it was a bad penalty call. I'm still going to hold the referee minorly responsible because what would have happened if they would not have scored that first goal, could have turned the whole tide. It's hard to complain, and it does sound like um, sour grapes at this point to be complaining about a 4 nothing loss, but a bad penalty call on Jonathan Tapes. That was a weak call. Now, they, the referee put his arms up in a cross position. I thought it was a cross check. Big Dog, who was only three beers into the evening at that point, so I'll take his word for it. He called it an interference penalty, but I would argue it shouldn't have been a penalty at all. And that led to goal number one. And you could see after the Hawks had pressured with the 28-8 to shot lead dominating the first two periods, they gave up that first goal. And all of a sudden, it was like, we are not invincible and we still can't get it by their goalie. There was a psychological thing. And that from there, it went from bad to worse. At any rate, let me uh, welcome in my uh, partner, uh, David Olson. We got him on the other side. Beautiful. The thumb is up. That is your thumb, right? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the, the, the first time it first. was the thumb, Big Dog. The second time, it, my eyes are bad, but it definitely was not the thumb. Let's welcome in the Big Dog, Joel Redwanski. Um, you uh, were phenomenal yesterday, Big Dog, at the bar, by the way. An excellent job. I, yeah, I don't know if I was I was phenomenal because I got to be quite honest with you, coaches. I love those type of – I love performing. I love all that stuff. And yesterday when we went to the playbook, let me just say uh, 
the welcome that I received right when we walked into the place <laughs> yes. was about as it was it was about as warm as uh, <laughs> six months of darkness uh, in Nova Scotia. It was horrible, coach. You mean hostess Katie did not beat and greet you with open arms? Uh, hopefully, well, nothing yeah, else. No, no. Right, right when right when Lily and I walked in the door, they did. And then when they found out we were the entertainment, she turned her back to us and walked away. <laughs> like, bye, 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 hostess Katie. Yeah. Uh, I I would have to say that. Uh, it, it was not, we were not welcome last night. Is the really? best way to put it. I, really? I did not feel it, and and to be honest with you, coach, every time I said everything, I I did it with nails on the chalkboard going through the yeah. back of my head. I, I you know what I'm saying? It was one of yeah. those nights. You know, where, but but you know what? It became almost for you, big dog, a self fulfilling fulfilling prophecy. I think that's what I'm trying to say. In that, you you felt no love. So in turn, you didn't give out the love, and and therefore it became the self-fulfilling prophecy. Now I will say the people at the playbook yesterday, it was not your typical hockey rowdy crowd. Big dog, they need the best way I could put it is they needed somewhat of a cattle prod. If I would have had one, that might have helped. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean the the, the best part of the whole night. I, I want people to get this because you got to figure out where I'm coming from. Is every time between uh, commercials. Coach would hand me the microphone and then walk around the place just to find out if the microphone was on. I was trying to tell him, yes, it's on. Nobody cares that we're talking. You don't have to go around to check every single commercial. If the, the microphone is on, nobody cares. That's what I was trying the, to The only time they care is when we offered to give 20 bucks away, and then we got a few people interested. Yes, exactly. That was about exactly. it. Well, we tried. We tried. You know, it's, it's all about the effort, Big Dog. If, if I cannot win... Let me be brave in the attempt, and uh, we were at least, at least theoretically brave in the attempt. No, no, we uh, definitely were, because I yeah. was like, you know what, we got no love, and I, and I, I was like, I don't care. I, and I told her, I was like, I don't care. And she just laughed. She's like, that's, she's like, you know what, sometimes you got to do stuff when you don't want to do mm-hmm. it, and nobody else wants you to do it yeah. either. Yeah. So, yeah. and then after that, if you notice, early on, I was like, no, I don't want to be here, coach. And plus, I was starving. I hadn't eaten in forever. And trust me, I'm a big fat dude. I need to eat whenever, like, I even think about food. If I don't eat, I, I begin the, the the beginning of just being a downright jerk is basically what happens. I get hungry, uh-huh. Coach. Yep. And that's what happened when I first saw you. I was so hungry. Like, when I saw you, I didn't see 206 bones. I saw 206 pieces of meat with bone <laughs> on top of it. It's the best way for me to tell you. Oh, David, he ordered the largest, whatever the largest supply of the wild wings was, or the, the uh, wings. And the hottest, which typically, oh. you know, if you go one through ten, you do not want to order ten. Nine is okay, but that hot one, it's like chef versus customer. And if the customer is going to order the extra hot, I, my ex- minima experience with the wings is you don't go for the number one hot one. But big dog, you went for the hottest, and it was it, it wasn't even close. The best way for me to tell you is honestly, I when I went to. Buffalo Wings and Rings. I actually brought it up on this program and told you guys I just had the hottest food I've ever had in my entire life. Uh, the best way for me to explain it is Lily the Lilac explained the hottest wings that they had at Playbook is this. They were 1% as hot as the wings that we had at Buffalo Wild Wings. Weak. 1%. Weak. The they chef, the chef must have been hanging around with the crowd. He needed a cattle prod, too. Honestly, whenever I get into any type of political discussion with you or any of my friends, it's because other people are trying to impose their will on me. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I, like I don't ever tell you how to think about other. I don't tell other people how to think. It's when other people start telling me how to think. That's when I get emphatic about my political beliefs. 
spoiler. Everybody out there, just do not go to eat dinner with Brian, Big John, or Coach. Because as soon as I order the Buffalo Wings, the hot ones, they're, oh, no, you don't want those. You don't want them. Oh, no, no, you, you can't have the hot ones. Why can't I have the hot wings? Why? Everyone, nobody had an answer for me. But all three immediately, no, 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 you don't want them. Yeah, well. just, 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 I thought I'd throw that out there. We do appreciate listener, listener Brian for showing up. And uh, Big John, who you introduced, or I guess I introduced, and then you embellished upon the fact that he was our bodyguard, and then you took advantage of the fact that there is a uh, cemetery on the other side of the street. Yes. Yeah, we, and, we, uh, hey, you know, there's, the guy can vary in a second. I've never seen, I mean, if you've seen him run from home plate to first, or, you know, if you've ever, like, uh, had to have him cut some tape, you wouldn't think he was a fast man. Uh-huh. You, you tell him, give me six feet of hole and here's a bag of lime. <laughs> and, and I, you've never seen anybody walk that fast in, in your life. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and then, and then of course, you better give him a thousand dollars or else you're going to get hit with a shovel. But that's another story <laughs> whatsoever. Oh, goodness. But I will say, what, what you did, you must have been hungry because I've never seen anyone engulf a huge order of wings and the celery and the carrot and the dipping sauce as well. I'm not sure there were any bones left. You basically chewed the bones, too. I think I made the comment. What you did to those wings is probably illegal in 14 states. Well, that was exactly what you said. And let me remind everybody, it was not illegal in Utah or Illinois. Apparently. Apparently. Man, wolfing it down. And uh, and then, you know, you you got you can't serve wings without the napkins. And basically, they gave you one nice large napkin, but not the corollary supplement. So at some point, your hands, all ten of the fingers, were, like, entrenched into the extra spicy wild wing sauce. Okay, so and let me give, give a picture to everybody out there. So it's been many, many, many hours throughout the day that I've eaten. No big deal. Okay. When I walk in, I'm not a, we're not exactly welcome, and I'm like, oh, boy, this isn't good. Okay. Trying to make jokes about it. Nobody's even looking at us while we're actually reading up. And the next thing I know, as soon as I take the biggest bite of the chicken wing that I've had all day, <laughs> you decide to turn the mic on and be like, hey, what do you think of the first ho- first theory about the Blackhawks? And you put the mic right in my mouth. About a half a second after I took the largest chunk of bite of chicken wing I had the whole entire day. Timing is everything, Big Dog. The two of us have been together so long, we we have our timing down perfectly. Or not. No, we don't. But I I will say this. I was not exactly happy with our performance yesterday. So I'm going to make it up. Uh, This year, man, will be at the DePaul softball game today. Woo! The beautiful thing is I'm going to meet Kevin Horan, the the old producer, the one that uh, David Olson has so elegantly replaced because uh, I mean, he's just doing a phenomenal job. But the Swamp Rat was great about breaking into the show with comments that during the show, I was like, what the heck is he talking about? Then later I would listen back and be like, oh, it wasn't so bad. Well, today I'm going to meet Swamp Rat Coach in my normal garb. Hey, it's good to see you, blah, blah, blah. Then I'll get real serious. How is the DePaul team doing? Do they have situational hitting? Do they have people that can, do they have relievers, all that stuff? And now i got to go to the washroom. And what Kevin doesn't understand is I'm going to leave. Ah. Change into this year, man. Come back. And before I leave, I'm like, hey, do you have a camera? Could you get it ready? Uh-huh. The, the 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 swallows are going back to Cap Minestrano, whatever the <laughs> heck they say. And I'll get them all confused, but I'll have a camera, and I'm going to come back in full garb, Coach. And I'm going to taunt those Illinois softball players unlike any women have ever been taunted. When they leave, they're going to look at their mom and say, we finally made it, Mom. 
that some idiot was screaming at me, making fun of every so single it's, thing it's, I've ever done in my life. It's DePaul taking on the fight in the line? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you an I L L I and I. You better believe it. Whatever else that can rhyme with I L L I and I, I'm gonna <laughs> rhyme with that coach. These what, girls are never, what time is game time? It's four. It's four p.m. All right, there is I a slight chance. Coach, I am, I, I, I am gonna make a scene today, and I mean an absolute scene. I'm gonna embarrass my Kevin previous, in, my previous engagement would cause me not to make an appearance. There hath been canceled. There is a chance, big dog. There is a chance that I may make an appearance. Well, you might want to talk to Kevin Horan because I think all the tickets are sold out oh, for the come event. On. And he... Come on. <laughs> okay, I'm glad you're kidding. <laughs> come on, you have a fear. The problem is nobody in that whole place knew what I was joking last night. Another I, be, every joke I tell. I'll be the idiot outside the De, DePaul women's softball game. Got two. Who needs two? Got two here. Come on. Oh, goodness. All right, well, that should be fun. This year, man, going to be making an appearance, making up for yesterday's performance. We'll look forward to that. Anybody that can get down there on Belden Avenue right off of Fullerton, right in the heart of the DePaul campus at 4 o'clock today, that would be uh, outstanding. DePaul, Illinois, women's softball. you got to love it. Uh, you don't have to love the final score of the Blackhawk game, Big Dog, yesterday. That was extremely disappointing. Oh, by the way, one other comment I have to mention about the food at the playbook. While we were yep. watching the Blackhawks game, I'm uh, not an expert, but as you will attest to, somewhat of a savant on the fish taco. Yeah, and we, we can talk about this because you're all happy about the tilapia. And it was funny. What did, I, what did I say to you when you when you found out it was tilapia meat? What was the What was the quote I said to you? And this is extremely important. I cannot remember. Is that Chinese tilapia? Oh yeah. And what did what did Lily, who's Chinese, say? Oh, there better not be Chinese tilapia. What's wrong? It was delicious, wasn't it? What's wrong with Chinese tilapia? They farm their tilapia and they put all their fish into. Imagine if you can cram exactly one thousand fish into a fish tank. Well, they cram two thousand fish into the same tank. Oh boy! And then the the fish end up eating their own feces. Oh boy! And then they don't have any omega three in them. And basically, they it's like waste products, but they still taste just as delicious, just to let Thank you know. Thank you very much. America's number one breakfast show, folks. As long as you're not in America eating breakfast. Oh, goodness gracious. At any rate, I am a, a mini savant of the fish taco. The playbook fish taco is the best, honestly, the best I have ever had. Combination of the wrap, the grilled tilapia, which was delicious. I don't think it was the Chinese tilapia, but it tasted delicious. And whatever the special sauce is with the lettuce in there, uh, a little bit of spice, a little bit of kick, probably more kick than your uh, uh, high-factor, spicy 10-factor wild wings that you had, Big Dub. But, uh, I, I, I would, yes, I would guarantee okay. that. All right. Yeah. Very good. Put a little hair on your chest, if not other body parts. At any rate, uh, Blackhawk hockey, the Stanley Cup playoffs, Big Dog, will continue with the beloved Blackhawk not part of that run they lose four to nothing and um well i driving here i had this thought i hope the comparison is not good but the 85 bears the 2005 white Sox, great young players building for the future should have a lot of championships a lot of contenders and the blackhawks from two years ago they're not there yet but all of a sudden it's looking like uh, we're not able to similar to the bears and the Sox of 05, they're not able to sustain that greatness. Well, uh, here's what happened. Well, the, the team of 05, and David Olsen and all White Sox fans, please don't get upset when I say this. That was the luckiest team of all time to win a World Series, or maybe even a championship, when you consider 
how leagues win their championships. And this is not a knock on that team, because I would be more than happy if the Cubs replaced the White Sox as the luckiest and weakest team of all time to win a championship. So I'm not knocking the White Sox. It's, this is actually a compliment. You look at that team, it's, it wasn't great, the, the 05 White Sox. But if you look at the, the, the 2010 Blackhawks or, or 1985 Bears, that te- those teams had so much talent. They were favored to win it at the beginning of the year. Then they go out and win it. And after they win it, you're like, this is the youngest team in the league, and they're the best team in the league. This team should be an absolute dynasty. So you only compare the 05 White Sox because they won a, a World Series, mm-hmm. not the actual type of team. It's more like the 85 Bears in 1986, people were like, if this team doesn't win the Super Bowl, it's a bad season. And all of us agreed. And guess what? They didn't even win a playoff game. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel that way about when you when you think about how good this Blackhawk team is, how much money Caves and Kane and Keith and Sharp are making, you, you know, not winning a playoff round whatsoever is an extremely disappointing season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I agree totally with that. I, I'm just throwing out there that it's like as a as a White Sox fan, you look at that 05 year, you got to scratch your head and be like, we won the yeah. World Series? Heck yeah, thank you very much. I'll take it. Yeah, I would so, agree with that. There was, there was a yeah. significant difference, and you accurately depict it uh, from the 85 Bears to the 2005 White Sox. And let us not forget to uh, further that comparison, Big Dog, that the Blackhawks of a couple of years ago when they won the championship, you know, they had a lot of talent, a lot of young talent, but... You know, a big part of winning championships is that chemistry. The guys uh-huh. just fit each other, and they work together so well. And uh, really, it happened within the first week or two weeks after the, the playoffs were over. All of a sudden, you know, Dustin, I'm going to forget some of the guys now, but Dustin Bufflin was gone. Chris Versteeg was gone. Uh, they lost like four or five, even up to six key players from that team. Uh-huh. So that was a big part of them not being able to rekindle that magic, I think. It was the NHL basically saying they profit share so much in order to keep all 30 teams alive yep. that if, you know, what happened, what ended up happening is normally if you win the Stanley Cup, you've had a bunch of players with great seasons and you have to pay them and you can only pay a couple players. So they could, the NHL has it set up right now where there's, it's impossible to keep a team together and have any great success. Did, um, and, the- did the goaltender Anton Niemi? Did he play Andy one? Niemi left. Yeah, he immediately after so, he was gone. He was the first guy gone. As a matter no, of no, fact, no, he wasn't. No, Maybe he not the no, first. That's, it felt that's, like it. No, no, it well, really okay, felt like he was the first like guy it. gone. No, I think he was like the fifth or sixth. But the point is, so even your goalie, even your freaking goalie who stood on his head, came out of nowhere and became the star of the playoffs. Even he doesn't come back the next year. I mean that, that you know, it it. It kind of ruined for us Hawk fans. I remember me being extremely upset at the time, and now uh-huh. with two years of history to look back at a big dog, I had a right to be upset. Is uh, well, and I understand well, the finances. Huh? Okay, well, but don't get mad, Coach. Well, you can't get no, mad. I will no, get no, mad. We've had this. We've had this discussion. Yeah, but I can get and mad. And I've proven you wrong before. But you're Mister. Oh, we got to make sure all the clubs have a chance. We have to make sure that the weak people have uh, get all the, the same amount of money in Nashville and, and Columbus as we do in Chicago. So if you're going to feel that way about it, you can't get upset when they break the Chicago Blackhawks up because the NHL, is they, they want Nashville and Columbus to have as much money as Chicago mm-hmm. and Boston. Right. And both and Boston, by the way, the Boston Bruins lost a bunch of players after their cup experience. And, you know, the NHL is looking back now and they're probably like, we, we'd probably be a better league if, 
if Chicago and Boston were able to keep their superstars instead of losing them to Atlanta and Nashville, like what happened to Chicago two years ago. Mm-hmm. That just just throwing it out there. That's yeah. that, like you know, there's too many teams in the NHL, and and you're exactly right, Coach, about what happened to the nobody was left on the Blackhawks. They lost all their role players. You know, they didn't lose their superstars. They lost their role players. Like the 05, Kenny Williams decided to trade the White Sox role players. Hey, I'm going to get rid of Aaron Rowe, and I'm going to bring in Jim Tomei, who's going to strike out 140 times, clog up the bases, but he'll hit 35 homers. Well, guess what? Aaron Rowan is no longer patrolling center field, and your pitching staff is now worse off for it. Mm-hmm. So for, you need role players as much as you need superstars, Coach. No question about it. No question about it. In the world of sports talk radio, Big Doe, one could argue. One could argue, and possibly semi-effectively, that we are role players. We're bit players. We're gut guys. We're versatile utility guys off the bench, hoping to become starters in the not-too-distant future. But, Big Dog, you are, in fact, somewhat the Aaron Rowan of Sports Talk Radio. How's that for Well, trust me, right now my head feels like I ran into a fence at full speed. <laughs> well, you didn't drink that much last night. Well, you you didn't see me all night. Oh, boy. Uh, Lily the Lilac did not go to work today. She decided to drive uh, uh, one of her cousins and and five more of uh, their uh, of her friends. What a what a plethora that was this morning, coach. <laughs> but uh, she was going to the University of Michigan to uh, check out the campus. And uh, so yes, yeah, so she decided we had a little fun last night. Is the best way I can tell you. So yes, I'm in. I woke up ten minutes ago. All right. So post post performance, you had a performance of your own. I'm glad to see. I went barely could even stay awake on the drive home. Thank you very much. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Hockey fans, hockey fans, hockey fans. No, no, that's a great yeah. hockey oh. fans. Hawk talk, whatever you want to call it. You want to give us a call and uh, you know you need a shoulder to cry on. You want to vent your frustrations. You want to give a little. Swan song, an epithet, if you will, to the Blackhawks season. Feel free to give us a call. 888-463-6740. And I was proud to announce you last night, Big Dog, as our hockey expert at the bar. Nobody else was, but I was proud to. I wasn't really happy to have you announce me as hockey expert. But if if the Blackhawks ever want to get on top, what what this city needs is for Every single, uh, every single, single drunken girl in the city to boycott having sex with Patrick Kane for a year. <laughs> no, you think I'm kidding? The guy's a freaking whore, and it's just funny. Is the guy? You know, if you're if he was a woman, it would be known around the city that he was a slut and you could not be trusted. But instead, he's had sex with more girls than anybody in the history of Chicago sports. He goes out onto the ice and can barely skate is the most overpaid player in the city outside of Alfonso Soriano. Mm-hmm. And you want to know why the Hawks are bad? It's because they decided to pay a, a superstar who's more interested in uh, tallying notches on his headboard than actually tallying notches into a net. Interesting. I, I, I can't speak for the off-the-ice ventures that you do, but, uh, you know, we've heard. But I can't speak to the fact, uh, but I can speak to what's going on on the ice and, you used to see him as a special player. Let's put it this way, Big Dog. The special moments of Patrick Kane are significantly less. I'm not saying he doesn't have them, but they're a lot less than they used to be. I'll put it that way. I am not comparing any type of off-the-court stuff to Derrick Rose or Patrick Kane. But we don't have as many, like, you know, like, we have hockey lovers that I, I could never explain any hockey to because they know more about hockey than I will. Mm-hmm. But for the, the non-hockey lovers that listen to the show, Patrick Kane is one of those players that he has to have 100% physical like freedom in order to be effective because he's all about speed and 
face and his ability to beat you. Kind of like Derrick Rose. So, like, when Derrick Rose is banged up, it affects him more than other players. Well, if if uh, Patrick Kane has no legs because he's been out drinking all night, beating up cab drivers and uh, trying to bring home as many girls as possible, mm-hmm. when he has weak legs, it's not good for the team. The Hawks will never come back to prominence until he gets married to a girl <laughs> that will not let him cheat on him. And I'm not kidding. I'm not oh. kidding at all. But what the Blackhawks need is Patrick Kane to get married and quit drinking until 6 o'clock in the morning. He thinks he's Kyle Farnsworth, okay? But he doesn't have Kyle Farnsworth's ability to drink all night. Well, you've always, uh, since I've ever known you, well, you've always been a proponent of the women weak in legs theory. Well, it, it is, you know what? It's, it's when you're, maybe when you're young and, and nobody knows you, and yet you're a superstar back before the Stanley Cup, it was okay to be Patrick Kane. A different girl once a week is, is okay. Five mm-hmm. girls every single night is totally different. And it's funny as we had a guy on these airwaves as one of our uh, co-hosts as they went up the uh, went up the ladder that works at WGN. Mm-hmm. They would come back and work with us after they work at WGN, and they basically verbatim said exactly what I said. They were like, "Oh my goodness, I cannot believe Patrick Kane acts the way he does when he's not on the ice." Wow. And they said it on our airwaves, and wow. they had, and they were like, "Please trade him, trade him for anybody." But the problem is, everybody in the NHL knows right now mm-hmm. that if you trade for him. Uh, basically, there's going to be no safe white girls in your whole entire city. Ladies and gentlemen, he is Joel Radwanski. I am most definitely not. <laughs> Thank you very much. We're talking Blackhawk hockey here. If you got any thoughts, comments, as the season comes to a close, not over yet. we still got Stanley Cup playoff hockey. It's just not going to include your guy, Patrick Kane, and the beloved Blackhawk. 888-463-6748. Big dog, real quick, I don't want to overanalyze the game, but uh, total domination in the first two periods. Would you agree with me that that short, not shorthanded goal, the power play goal on a shaky call by Jonathan Taves kind of just deflated the Blackhawk and made the mission that much more troublesome? Uh, completely. And and let's admit it was a 4 nothing game, so we're not going to be like, oh, that was a whole entire game because the Blackhawks were just deflated after that. But at least for the first 35 minutes of the game, the Hawks dominated, and yet it was 0-0. Mm-hmm. And, we, and I always say it. I'm like, you know, if you got your butt kicked in a football game and, it, and you're down 17-14 at halftime, it almost feels like you're winning. You know, and it was one of those things where it was like, wow, Davis can get a cheap goal, and they're up one nothing. yet the Hawks have dominated the first, you know, 35 minutes of the game. And that's, a, I won't call it cheap, but let, let's face it, that uh, off, after the, Taves interference, and uh, you know I don't change the way I call it during a game, but like I do during a playoff situation. How could you call that interference? It was basically Taves who was skating and hit somebody without a puck. It wasn't like he launched it to him. It wasn't like he purposely did it. It was a guy who had gotten mm-hmm. rid of the puck, and Taves hit him like a half a second too late. That was a ridiculous call. Yeah, we ridiculous. call. We call the best description I can give of the Hawks dominance the first two periods and i made this comment to you and i think i made it over the microphone also which also means i probably made it just to you <laughs> uh <laughs> was that it, it felt like the blackhawks for much of those first two periods were on a power play that's how much they controlled the puck and yeah. i don't think phoenix had a single penalty but it looked like the way the hawks were controlling the puck passing around getting shots on that i felt they were on the power play for almost 35 minutes i completely agree and then, okay, so you, I, I'm going to agree with you, and if, if everybody's watching the game, they're going to have that same feeling. The, the Hawks controlled the puck better than they did in any game all yeah. year. Skated they faster. 
Well, I should say all year, all series. And yeah, yeah, they skated faster. They were skating more free. They they kept the puck when they were skating. They were just dumping it up the up the ice to to go chase it. And yet they didn't capitalize. So it was like it was extremely. It was mm-hmm. frustrating. Mm-hmm. Is it possible we talked about the rink being a little bit wider, Olympic style might create the athleticism a little bit. Is it possible that you could increase the size of the goal? Not a lot. A little bit, make the goal a little bit bigger. I don't know that anybody, have you ever heard anybody even recommend or bring up that thought process, Big Dove? It just seems like with the new equipment the goalies are wearing, the size of the goalies compared to what they used to be, uh, you know, teams can dominate, but still, it's it's too hard to score a goal. I'm not talking about a huge change. I'm talking about a minor change. Make the goal a little bit bigger. Okay, okay. people thought I was crazy. When I wore the, the this year man outfit, yes, and went to U.S. Cellular Field. What I want you to do is, I want you to you come up with a couple different uh, ways that you think improve hockey. Mm-hmm. I want you to go to a a bar in Toronto at like midnight, yeah, a dive bar, and I want you to walk in and be like, "Hey, I'm a a talk show host from America, and these are my ways to improve hockey." Mm-hmm. I would like, okay, people, I don't know how you got out alive. No one would think what you were doing is that dang dangerous. Coach, you would end up in an extremely uncomfortable situation by the end of the night if can you I, actually... Can I bring our burial bodyguard, Big John Palladio, with me? Well, just to let you know, Big John will, will waver. And as <laughs> soon as uh, as soon as the, the angst started growing in the, in, the, in the drunken crowd in yeah. Toronto, yeah. Big John would hit you with a shovel. He'd be the first one to turn on you, just to let you know. <laughs> You're like, oh, baby, son of a bitch. Yeah, that's, so I would be careful if I were you. Uh, even if I bought him some fish tacos? If you bought him anything that even somebody considered healthy, he would not find it delicious. <laughs> so that, that's not going to help. Coach. All right, well, here, I'll, I'll throw this back at you. The reaction I'd get in Toronto, as you just so painted picture eloquently, it would probably be the same reaction a basketball fan would have got 25 years ago if they would have gone into a, a Kentucky or a Louisville college basketball bar and suggest 25 years ago they put the three-point line. Hey, let's put a three-pointer. That'll make the game of basketball better. And and if you would have done that 25 years ago in Kentucky, they'd be like, what the hell is wrong with you? We've had a three-point line for the last okay. uh, seven years in, in, in college basketball yeah. and for the last nine years in All professional. Right. So I got my years mixed up. How long has the three-point line been in there? Hold on, hold on a second, but that's totally, that's totally different. That's completely. No, it's not. Completely different. That's, no, I disagree completely. That's not no, totally. No, no. When you're talking about the, the increasing the size of the goal. Yeah. That's not completely different. The three-point, shooting yeah. for three points, yeah. that was a dramatic with, change in basketball. It was always oh, massive. Oh, though, that was huge. That was huge. Yeah, so uh, it's not completely different. Uh, but... I don't know, increasing the goal. I don't know, coach. Yeah. See, I, I, trust me, I have those these ideas that I, I think would make football better, and yet I know they're never going to change. Then I, I don't even get upset when people like rip on me. Oh, that's stupid when they say that. So, but, but I, 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 on general it. instinct alone, just go with your natural instinct. When you watch the game and you see the goal and the size of the goalie and the pads, don't you get the feeling that there, there's nowhere to put the puck? And the no, only eighty percent of the goals now occur on rebounds. Seventy so percent. That's the whole thing. You're just supposed to attack the goal and create a rebound opportunity. Yeah, but how about shooting for a goal? It's too hard now. 
The goal is too small. If you And, again, I'm not talking dramatically bigger. Make it a little bit bigger, and you, I think you'd bring back the actual shot and a goal. Remember the Lloyd Pettit call? Back to the point. A shot and a goal. It wasn't all about the rebound. They could actually put the first shot in, and that would clean up some of the mess around the goal, too. It's a brilliant idea, and I'm glad no. I'm the first to suggest they, it. They need more deking in hockey, a little puck control. Get, a, get the goalie to move a little bit and then put it in the opposite place that he went. Yeah. Let's just face it, if, if somebody, uh, who was the guy that did not elevate the, the shot when Brendan, on the perfect pass? Brendan Morrison. There you, there you go. Get the ball, get the puck up into, you know, over the goalie. Yep. That was, that was a perfect wide open goal right there. The Hawks yep. did what they needed to do. They got the goalie down on the ground, sliding. Mm-hmm. All they needed to do was elevate the puck and they didn't do it. So, Good point. I, I understand. I like some of your rule changes, coach, in sports. I really do. That one, increasing the size of the hockey goal. Is not one of them. Mm-hmm. That's not one of them. All right. But then that's that's one of those things. Just like I think the guy who scores the touchdown in the, in football should be the one to kick the extra point. If that's how you do it, mm-hmm. it's never going to change. So that's I, I hate to tell you, it's not going to happen. But. Okay. Um, we will continue, of course. Here are the two guys in a mic show to follow hockey through the Stanley Cup playoffs. We just won't follow it quite as much uh, focus and passion now that the Blackhawks are out of it. We should mention. Before we switch over to baseball, there was some good uh, baseball last night, a rare WW night for our Chicago teams, Big Dog. We should mention that the number eight seed Los Angeles team knocked off Blackhawk nemesis, a lot of people's nemesis, the number one seed, the Vancouver Canuck are out. And I think it was, what, four games out of five, right? Yeah, they, they won 4-1. Now, that was, that was yesterday, that, like the night before that it happened. Mm-hmm. It was It's still cool and, and hockey. More than any other sport in America, the underdogs win in the playoffs. So one team is a one seed, and the other team is an eight seed. Uh, the eight seed has about a 40% chance of winning that series, unlike every other sport. Like in basketball, it's about a, a 1% chance. In football, it's about, you know, the same exact thing. Hockey is totally, totally different because if you think about what's going on with the New York Rangers and the Ottawa Senators, yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, the Ottawa Senators have a chance to win that series also. That's it's crazy how hockey that ends up in hockey. We got a game seven coming up. What tomorrow? Yeah, exactly. So there's a game seven. The both ones could be knocked out by the eighth in the first round if Ottawa can top wow. uh, topple the Rangers. Yeah, and, and to add to that, a lot of people thought when Sidney Crosby returned to the Pittsburgh Penguin, even though they weren't a one seed, people, some people, anyways, thought they were the. Odds on, prohibitive, or the likely favorite to win it all with Crosby back. And the Penguins Forget got knocked off in the first people, round. Coach, huh? The wise guy in Vegas, out of all the 16 teams that made the playoffs, the fourth seed in the East, uh, the Pittsburgh uh, <laughs> Penguins were the were the number one favorite money-wise in order to win the, win the title and lift the hoist Stanley Cup. And they don't even get out of the first round. So a lot of the favorites get knocked off. By the way, Sidney Crosby, dead ringer lookalike for the guy from Scrubs. Help me out, David. Is that Zach Braff? Zach Braff. Don't they look alike? Yeah, there's similarity yeah. between them. I was trying to figure out who Sidney Crosby looked alike. It's not necessarily a compliment to either Sidney Crosby or Zach Braff, by the way. All right. Thank I've you never very much. seen an episode of Scrubs. I have no idea what you're talking about. Talk to my son, Kevin. It's his favorite show. It's off it's, now. It's an excellent show. Although you can find it on reruns. It's worth okay. watching. Yeah. All right. Okay. 
Let's talk a little baseball. Big dog move from the hockey world to the baseball world. It's not going to happen in Chicago all that many times over the 162 games this season. But uh, both the Cubs and Sox won last night. Uh, brilliant performances from Jake Peavy on the mound. The White Sox in a 4 nothing shutout, a rare complete game. And then the Cubs in dramatic fashion. Joe Mather, the rookie, with a base hit up the middle. He scored two runs, and that was the most excited I saw you the entire night. Well, if you think about that ninth inning, Coach, the Cubs are down a run. And if you're batting, your idea should be like, I need to get on base by any means necessary. Our team is losing by a run. It shouldn't be, I need to hit a home run. Because you're not going to hit a home run, okay? Especially if your name is Alfonso uh, Sarianas. <laughs> well, Soriano gets blown away. Yeah. Legitimately pitches right down the middle. Jason Mach just blows him away. And I, I was like, and I was trying to explain to Lily, that was a really bad at bat. And then the hair bat. Now, the, the girl doesn't really understand, the, the young lady doesn't understand baseball. And she's watching this Brian LaHare call every pitch back for about 10 minutes, Coach. Isn't it? Like, legitimately, the Blackhawk game was like at 12 minutes to go. And when the LaHare at bat was done, there was like two minutes to go in, in the Blackhawk game. And I'm not kidding. It's like how long the at bat was. <laughs> and she's like, he's not doing really well. He doesn't hit the ball straight. I'm like, yeah, and he keeps on fouling off and staying alive and staying alive. And he eventually drew a walk. It was the best at-bat all season by a Chicago Cubs. This LaHare kid, some rookie, making $500,000 a year. I, I'm not sure how his 14 cars can survive on only 500000 a year. Yeah. And he draws a walk. Yep. And then, and then, you know, and then after that, you know, another guy gets on base. And then Joe Mather, a guy nobody knows in, in, the, whole, in the whole system, Gets down 0-2, and all he does is battle and battle and battle. You know what he did, Coach? He didn't try to hit a home run. A nice, short, compact swing, and he hits a ground ball right back up the middle, a sharp ground ball, two-runner score after that. And, oh, by the way, I forgot that Steve Clevenger, backup catcher for the Cubs, yep. he didn't strike out. He made an out at that before, but he made contact. And because of that, the runners went from first and second to second and third, and then the ground ball up mm-hmm. the middle, not even hit hard. By Joe Mathers scored the winning run. All you, if you do the little things, Cubs, you can win baseball games. Yeah, and just to clarify what you're saying, I don't know if you stated it or not, but both Clevenger and Lahare had two strikes on. Yes. See, yeah, this is can. this is what Cub players, not enough players, do. The Sorianos uh, of the world, when you get two strikes, you have to get into a battle mentality. You not only ch- uh, physically change your stance a little bit and your grip on the bat, but it's a mental thing. You have to fight the striker. You have to refuse to strike a. It's like getting screened in basketball. The best advice, you get all the different techniques how to beat the screen. The best advice I ever heard from a coach, refuse to get screened. Don't get screened. Fight your way through. With two strikes, you have to battle. And that's what LaHare did. That's what Clevenger did. That's they didn't do dramatic did. things. So they the got their bat at the ball. Thank you. <laughs> you still there? Yeah, I'm there. Right, yeah. I, get, I get so excited about my two-strike philosophy, but uh, yeah, no, no, you're, you're right. The, the battling won the Cubs the game. Yeah. Not giving up won the Cubs the game, and and like the Alfonso Soriano at bat was exactly the type of at bat we don't need mm-hmm. by Chicago Cubs in the ninth inning of a one-run game. And Clevenger, Lahare, Mather, those were the type of at bats the Cubs need. Even though Clevenger made an out. Those are the types of at-bats the Cubs need in the ninth inning. To 80% of the Cub fans, four months ago, if I would have said Clevenger, LaHare, and Mather, 
they would have said, oh, are they representing me in what law case? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, you hear those names, and yeah. you find out Chicago Cubs, and there's only two words that you can think, long season. <laughs> but they've been three of the best players. Yeah, they have been. They've so been far. so far, if, uh, Matt Garza, Ryan Dempster, and those three players, uh, Joe Mather a little bit less because he hasn't played that much. But right now, if you're a Chicago Cubs fan, the only thing you can hang your hat on is we have a couple of young players that are really good. Yep. Starlin Castro and Barney. Mm-hmm. Other than that, there's... I like but, Tony Campana, too, who did something quite interesting. They uh, tried to pick him off like 16 different times, and he did not steal right away. He waited and waited and waited and waited much longer than we thought he should have waited, but finally he steals second base. And here's the part I love. After dusting himself off after a long delay and finally getting over to second base, the next pitch, the next pitch, he takes off for third base, steals third. That shows me something about the guy's testicular fortitude, Big Dog. I, I thought that was impressive. You know, he, he stole he stole third with with two outs at that point yeah. when Jeff Baker was up. But, like, uh, there's a lot of teams, and especially depending on the batter, that you might not want to steal third with two outs. The way J- Jeff Baker looked in that situation, the Cubs were better off with him, either being thrown out or trying mm-hmm. to steal third base in that situation because I didn't think Jeff Baker was going to get any type of hit to, dr- to drive in the run mm-hmm. against the right-handed pitcher at the time because they switched uh, Jaime Garcia to who I forget which righty they put it. And I-, I thought it was a good move to steal third base because I thought the only way he was going to score was off a wild pitch. I, I-, I wouldn't mean to be that drastic, but that's, I thought I really like Campana, coach. Mm-hmm. He's an excellent Fun to watch. for a good team. Fun to watch. Uh, just as a immediate sidelight here, I've been trying to do a little Twitter while the show's, show's going on. David, is it just me, or is there a complete lack of humor? Does humor not play on Twitter? I mean, everything you, is informational. I tried to explain this to you, coach. Like, for instance, Jeff Dickerson, the highly respected uh, – ESPN reporter for the Bears. He puts out something that says, Lovey Smith and Rod Marinelli uh, are in attendance here at Hallis Hall. So I tweeted back, uh, look closely, Ron Turner may be hiding in the back. Now, does that not play in the Twitter world? I don't see any responses from people that have any humor. It seems to be all informational. I, I think you're, I, that's it's a lot of people are just informational because, like, when I've been doing it, coach, I've been doing a lot of Cub guys. Yeah, I say something really funny to to Paul Sullivan, I get no response. I say something really funny to like Bruce Miles or Gordon Whitmire, and then they they send something back. They're like, "That's hilarious," you know, or they, you know, they're like, or they even respond with something else that's funny with what I said. So, mm-hmm. I, I'm really you have to figure out who actually has a sense of humor because okay. yesterday when you were telling me that. I have to admit, I read something of yours where when I read some, when I read it, I was like, oh, that's, that's coach, that's funny. But then I thought about it, I'm like, I don't think, what if people don't know that that's coach saying that? They probably mm-hmm. actually think he thinks that way. So you got to be careful, coach. Yeah, like, you like the one, sure the one. that people realize it's a joke when you say it. So uh-huh. it either has to be so ridiculous that people yeah. are like, okay, he was joking, or, or like legitimately write it as a joke. So it's a little bit more difficult okay. to get your point but, across. I mean, but if I put, like, be careful, Ron Turner might be there, too, hiding in the back, nobody's taking that as serious, right? Uh, well, I, that one was a bad example because I, I would agree. Anybody who would okay. see that as joking, 
Uh, that is not joking. Like, it, it's me. It would be hard for me to explain this to you because everything that I you would hear you say, I would say, oh, yeah, I know you're kidding. Right. But that That's me and not mm-hmm. uh, Joe Smith, who just opened up the Twitter account and wants to find out the latest on the Chicago Cubs. Mm-hmm. You know, so that, that always cracks me up is I'm, I'm afraid to write it on Twitter because I don't want people getting all upset, but it just cracks me up that people who are just sitting on their couch Oh, the Cubs just scored and made it two to one. Yeah, the reason why I have you on my Twitter account is to give me updates on the Chicago Cubs because it's not like I don't have ESPN or MLB.com on my phone. I'm I, I'm I'm just waiting on my Twitter account for you to give me the latest update on the. Don't give me old Cubs but two to one. Say, oh, you know, uh, Alfonso Soriano actually made contact in a two out RBI situation. Can you believe it? It's funny is I want more humor on, on and I want less facts. Mm-hmm. And it's funny is like you you notice that it's all about facts yes. on Twitter. Seems to be but that you, way. All right. But, but you know what I'm saying? Like I don't need a seventh grader in his in a, you know in his room because his mom grounded him. Let me know that the Cubs just grabbed the lead. I'm watching the game on television. Mm-hmm. I got some guy on my Twitter account. I don't know if I'm going to need to nix him or not. But I mean, he must be full time, full time, just sending out. Twits or tweets or whatever you want to call. Them. Yeah, my guy Joe Camel. I mean, I'm, of, of every ten new tweets, seven of them are like his. Oh, is Joe Camel a cigarette? I don't know. It's Joe Camel. Okay, does he say something funny or is he trying to promote something? No, most of it's not bad actually. It's just it just dominates the screen. Yeah, sometimes you'll end up you'll have plur- uh, yeah unfollow plur- yeah the the people that are on Twitter constantly all day long. Unbelievable. Yeah, I'll just yeah. keep going. And it's not that his tweets are bad. It's just there's so many of them, and then it's hard to get to some of the other ones. At any rate, uh, Big Dog, on the other side of town, Cubs with a dramatic 3-2 to two victory. we got to mention the White Sox late, late at night, much too late for me, but Jake Peavy, uh, a rarity, a complete game shutout. He's starting to look like the Jake Peavy of uh, 2000, whatever it was. 2007, which Thank would you. be really good for the White Sox. You, you know, we've... Uh, you know, you joke around, oh, we're experts. I'm an expert at baseball, Coach. And all year long when I was talking about the keys to the Chicago White Sox, Adam Dunn and Alex Rios and Gordon Beckham, you know, those were obvious ones. But if Jake Peavy pitches like it's 2007, the Cubs, uh, the season, the White Sox will contend for for uh, uh, for going to the playoffs this year. I, honestly, if he can pitch like this 33 starts for the Chicago White Sox, They'll go at least 28 and 5, you know, some crazy number like that. He has been awesome so far this year. He, forget just last night. Oh, he's got the shutout. It looks good. That was like the one time thing you, you put your thumb up. He's been awesome his previous starts this year. That's huge for the White Sox. It's even bigger than Dunner Rios producing for them. Mm-hmm. Right now, the White Sox tie, but the Detroit Tigers, interestingly enough, real early. Obviously, can't get overly excited, but a good start for the White Sox. The Tigers, by the way, we didn't mention it, but it is residue. Tuesday, big dog, so we are allowed to pick up some of the residue from the weekend. They lost, correct me if I'm wrong, I think I got this right, they lost three out of four to the Texas Rangers in a big early season battle between what I think, anyways, are the two best teams in the American League. The Rangers uh, smoked them. And the the only win the Rangers had was against Verlander. And the other three games, they pounded Detroit pitching coach. And, you know, there's... In baseball, you know, you don't play the other teams that aren't in your division a lot. You only play them the one series at your place, one series at their place. Mm-hmm. So, like, 
Detroit is going to have to take that with them all year until they go to Texas. And you know when they go to Texas, they're going to, they're going to get lit up. It's that's, it's not a good matchup. The, the Texas Rangers are the best team in the American League so far through the beginning of the season. Forget just the record, which the record mm-hmm. says they're the best team. They are the best team. I'm finally acknowledging it. The Rangers are set up to win the World Series. Having said that, they lost to the Yankees yesterday, 7-4. to four. Derek Jeter getting four hits, but uh, I would not disagree with you. Texas Rangers look like the prohibitive favorite, and the Detroit Tigers are right there as well. Toronto knocked off Kansas City. Big dog 4-1, to one, the opposite end of the spectrum. The Casey Royals have now lost 11 in a row. Maybe... Maybe it's somewhat of a good sign because in previous years, KC's always the Royals have gotten off to a decent start. And we think maybe they're going to be competitive this year and then they fade this year. They're bad right from the get-go. Is there a chance maybe they, uh, you know, go all contraire and turn it around this year? The only chance is, you know, when, when I predicted them to be the second-place team in the AL Central this year, it was flat out on the assumption that they were going to, you know, all this great talent that was awesome last year and their lineup was going to be good again, and I figured they'd, they'd struggle pitching. Well, the lineup has not hit whatsoever yet. Eric Hosmer and Alex Gordon, all these, they have not hit at all. And they're pitching. The only pitching that's been worse so far in baseball is the Milwaukee Brewers than the Kansas City Royals so far. Mm-hmm. It's not been good in Kansas City, Coach. And if you can't pitch... You're not going to win games, and, and I, I can't see a change in right now. Their best pitcher is Luke Holcomber, and he's not any good. <laughs> well, I bet the Kansas City fans listening to the show are thrilled to hear that. Well, uh, I, they're great fans. They are some of the best yes, baseball fans in America. Yep. And, and, I, and I, I've, I've said it many times. They could keep on going out supporting that, support that yep. franchise, yep. and yet they keep on losing. Yep. I don't feel bad for Pittsburgh Pirate fans because there's only seven of them. Kansas Royal City Royal fans, fan, they, yeah. they got some depth. Yes, There's, they do. Yeah. And right now, with 11 losses in a row, that's not good. They are the second worst professional sports franchise, Big Dog, and easily right now the worst would be dot, dot, dot. The, the Charlotte Bobcats. Wow. Did you see the score last night? Uh, I, I, I don't. I think it was, what was it, a 101-73? to 73? Yeah, but it wasn't the Celtics. The Washington Wizards, 101. The Bobcats, 73. They've lost 21. 21 consecutive games. It's one of the worst negative runs I can remember, honestly, in professional sport. Not just the way they're losing, or not just the fact that they've lost 21 in a row, which is ridiculous, but the way they're losing big deal. They have packed it in and then some. Yeah, there's been no heartbreak losses in those 21 wins. Coach, they rank 30th in scoring offense, 30th in scoring defense. So just in like points per game. And sometimes that could be a tiny bit misleading. But efficiency, like per possession, they're 30th in offense and 30th on defense. They have, it's, it's unreal. And if they lose their last two games, which they'll be at least 20-point underdogs to, they will set the NBA record for futility for wow. lowest winning percentage ever, which is lower than the, the 9-73, and 73, uh, was it 1973 uh, Philadelphia 76ers? They only won nine games. Well, this team is only a 66-game year. Wow. It's most likely they're going to end up being 7-59. and 59. Mm, Bad. So. Really, really bad. But you lose to the Washington Wizards by 32 points. That's unbelievable. Opposite end of the spectrum. We should uh, throw some kudos out quietly, effectively. They've done it again, Big Dog, in the Western Division. Greg Popo, Popovich and the San Antonio Spurs have clinched 
the number one seed, the most underrated coach in all the sports, and the Spurs uh, get it done again. Yeah, and the, the Spurs continue to get it done. And, you know, everybody talk, is talking MVP. Who are the two names everybody talks uh, NBA MVP? For this year, it would be uh, LeBron and... Uh, KD. Who? Kevin Durant. Yeah. Uh, Tony Parker, Tony Parker. Right now is having a phenomenal season. Yep. Yep. Tim Parker has been hurt. Manu Ginobili has been hurt like 10 times worse than Duncan's been hurt. They've got five brand-new ball players that play more than 20 minutes a game. And Tony Parker's averaging 20 points, uh, nine assists, shooting 50% from the field. And, his, I mean, he has been awesome for this team. So mm-hmm. I want to throw a Tony Parker for MVP out mm-hmm. there for, That's for everybody. Call. That's a good call, no question about it. I haven't seen a lot of San Antonio Spur basketball, but uh, it has not been the Tim Duncan show. And every time you look in the paper, see the highlights, it's uh, Tony Parker, you know, scoring 23, scoring yeah. 35, scoring 28. It's, and he's not exactly a young guy, right? He's early 30s? Uh, I, that, that sounds about right because mm-hmm. he, he was on the – he was on the Spurs for at least three of their four championships. Okay, he's been he's been all. Right. And the only the only minor positive, very very minor, to the Blackhawks getting knocked off, big dog, is uh, you know we got to finish up these last two regular season games. But now, you, me, and the rest of the Chicago sporting world, we can really foci in. We can really foci in. There's one focus. There's two foci. That's why I'm saying foci. We can foci into the Chicago Bulls now and the playoffs of what should be. Uh, some tremendous series, hopefully a long run, and as we've talked about all season long, such an entertaining team to watch. So now we can and, give them our sole focus. Yeah, not, not only entertaining, because the Florida Marlins are extremely entertaining to watch also. Uh, they're they're good to watch. You, you look at this team and you're like, wow, they're, they're a team that you can really appreciate in life. And if they beat the Indianapolis Pacers tonight, they'll end up with the best record overall in the NBA this year. Mm-hmm. It'll be a lock. It'll be They'd be good. I, I like they could clinch best record in the NBA tonight, coach. Pretty amazing, considering numerous injuries, right? Yeah. So not just you know, Luan Bang, Rip Hamilton. You can name blah 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 all yeah. the way down the list. Oh, Somebody and, named and their best player. Yeah. 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 Derek Rose as well, and uh, even Brian Scalabrini, I think, had a a bruised ankle for a couple of games. Yeah, legitimately, his lift on his jumper when they were up thirty was not good. <laughs> Not what it used to be, huh? No, it wasn't. Oh, we wanted to goodness. go up 32, right? Uh, Big Dove, we got to wrap it up. Don't forget now, we got to start focusing in, too, on the NFL draft, which takes place on Thursday. And I remind the Bears and everybody else out there, Northwestern left tackle Al Netter will be available at the 19th pick Thursday, the draft, Big Dove. That's, I'm glad you reminded him. That's all I wanted to do. Yeah. I didn't say they had to pick him. I just wanted to remind him. Yeah. Anybody sticking out for you, Big Dove? we got about a minute of early drafting out. Is there a, that one guy out there that you'd say, hmm, that's who the Bears should take? Uh, they're not going to get him, but everybody's projecting him around pick number 10. But Melvin Ingram of South Carolina is the best player in this draft. Who and or what is Melvin Ingram? Melvin Ingram is uh, the best running back on South Carolina, but they decided to move him to uh, – the defensive tackle when they got Marcus Lattimore. Okay. And uh, he was the guy that was scoring touchdowns as a defensive tackle for South Carolina. So what, where do you projectile him in the NFL, running back or defensive lineman? No, he's going to be a guy that uh, if, if you're a real smart uh, coordinator, you would take him the third pick overall in the draft. 
and you would say, Marcus Ingram, uh, you're going to wear number six, and we're going to put you at tackle, we're going to put you at end, we're going to put you at strong side linebacker, and you're going to go chase people with numbers in the in the teams. And that's, that's right. I mean, the guy is going to be unbelievable, Coach, and gotcha. whoever gets in has got the best player in the trap that is the quarterback. Interesting. Interesting. Not related to NFL or uh, college Heisman Trophy winner from Alabama, Mark Ingram. No, no, not Mark Ingram. And by the way, Trent Richardson is going to be a Woo. phenomenal pick yep. out of Alabama. He's going to be, I mean, he might not have a long career because it's a running back and I can't predict mm-hmm. that, but I, for the next three or four years, he'll be a top five running back yep. in the NFL. The whole week, he'll be one of the top five players. Yeah, he's a for horse. A running back. You like him better than uh, the guy that he sat behind, Mark Ingram? Yeah, no, no offense to Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram had a better quarterback, a better offensive line, and they won the national championship. Trent Richardson put up exactly the same numbers, but it just so happened that the last two years that he was vying for the Heisman Trophy, there were players like Andrew Luck and Robert Griffin mm-hmm. patrolling the sidelines. It was very difficult for him to get noticed. All right, more draft analysis on tomorrow's show. Big Doe, what golf course will you be at this afternoon? <laughs> I don't golf. I have a pair. I decided, David Olson, I got a no, new rule. Uh, I will not go to a golf course unless they have a certified grief counselor on hand. Can meet me like somewhere about the tenth hole, I'll probably deep one. All right, big dog, have a great day, and uh, maybe, <laughs> just maybe, we'll see you down at the Paul Stadium for the uh, Illini versus the Paul game. Yeah, I hope to see you there, Coach. I'll see everybody else there. Spread the truth. I'm supposed to say pass the gas. Have a great day, everybody. David Olson, producer, great job as always. Talkzone.com. Two guys at a mic signing off. See you at ten o'clock tomorrow. Don't be late.